Yeah, Linda Skeens, you are some sort of a phenom here. Um, your your book is Blue Ribbon Kitchen, and I can't think of anybody uh, more um, qualified to write about Blue Ribbon Kitchens than you. Uh, how many Blue Ribbons do you have in your collection? I have over 1,500 right now. <laughs> I find that hard to believe. <laughs> I've got um, a box full. We took them to Alabama when we went up to film for my cookbook, and they spread them out on the floor and took pictures of them, and it took them like hours. <laughs> oh, amazing. You, you, you're almost as famous as Joey Chestnut. <laughs> <laughs> um. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, I have this a love of these um, of these fairs, state fairs. Um, I, I went to one in Indiana, and and I dropped a, a wooden um, a ring over the the neck of some kind of a Coke bottle or something, and I got oh, an my. enormous stuffed dog. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I'm not good at that stuff. I've tried well, it. No, I'm not that well, good at I was, it. I wasn't any good at it. I mean, they were using me uh, as an advertisement, walking around holding oh, this okay. gigantic stuffed animal. <laughs> so they wanted you definitely to win, huh? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> so, but uh, And then I became very popular with my friends who had children because um, I, I, I had to select one to give the dog to. <laughs> Oh, well, yeah, that would be, I've got six grandkids and two great-grandkids. That would be a hard decision. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's tough. Uh, this one also was the chartreuse, bright, you know, chartreuse with big mm. polka dots all over it. It was something, <laughs> I still miss oh, that dog. <laughs> yeah, that sounds but, like a pretty colorful one. <laughs> it was wonderful. Now, um, tell us about this cookbook. I mean, let's start with saying you are certainly right on trend here. Um, people are hungry for uh, these classic um, comfort foods, uh, easy to do recipes. Um, how did you select them? You have so many different recipes since you've been developing this. If, tell, tell us when did you start and how did you start entering these state fairs? Well, I started cooking when I got married almost 59 years ago. I wasn't a good cook. I wasn't interested in it because I was only 16. I was just wanting to get married. But anyway, I learned to cook. <laughs> and I've just practiced over the years and gotten better. And when I go to pick them out, like the ones they tell me to pick out my favorite hundred for the cookbook, and then they would go from there. And it took a while because I had so many that my favorites it took me a while but i wanted recipes that would be good that would be easy to make and be simple yeah now and when you started out i think you understated that when you said you weren't good apparently all you could do was make sandwiches for your poor That's husband pretty much it. And, yes. and your brother was it your brother who told you how awful they were <laughs> oh yeah that was my baby brother he lives in indiana he's the only brother i have left right now but now he likes my cooking now. Okay, good, well, good, good. sure. I mean, you've come a long way here. Uh, um, you've got that right. A long way. <laughs> <laughs> so you haven't lost any enthusiasm for, I mean, it doesn't get to be repetitive going through this process, making these foods. No, so no because tomorrow, Tomorrow I'm actually having two book signings, cooks and book things, one at Ivy and one in a little town in St. Paul. I'm making two kinds of fudge and two kinds of cookies for that for samples to give out. So, no, I don't get tired of it. Oh, great. So what what is your specialty? Baking? Uh, well, yeah, I love baking. I like baking better than cooking, but I like cooking too, but I love to bake cakes, candies, stuff like that. And I like to try them out on my family and friends. And I get a lot of ideas for the fair. If they say something's really, really good, you should put it in a fair. Usually I go with it and try it. Yeah, well, your opening photo is fudge. Is it fudge? My peanut butter fudge. That's my husband's favorite, yes. 
Yeah, that looks bad. My husband hates peanut butter, so I wouldn't give him that, but um, they <laughs> sure look good. In fact, all the, the photographs look great. And, and one thing that's really wonderful about this book is you uh, intersperse photographs, uh, old photographs of your family and events, and, and with the photographs mm-hmm. of your food. And, and your experiences. I mean, you really bring it all home, don't you? Yeah, I put I put my heart and soul in it. I wanted it to be something I could leave my children and grandkids. I wrote the poems myself. I picked out all the pictures and the crafts that I did that they put in there, and they helped me gather it all together. And I think they've done a wonderful job the way they presented it. It's, they matched up poems with foods. And time, oh, yeah. special like Paul, and I thought they'd done really good with it. Yeah, and they added because you don't just do food; you do crafts as well. And and mm-hmm. some of the pictures pair up your crafts with the uh, the recipes. Mm-hmm. Like I'm looking at one with a quilt. Yes, and they said they wanted it to be a legacy for me, and they did a wonderful job. I got to go to Alabama and spend four days, my husband and Kathy and I. And we got to watch them film my, make my foods and film it. And I had a part in it, and I really enjoyed it. But, you have a lot of tips for people, Just, I mean, not just for entering contests and state fairs, but for cooking in general. Um, I, I think you think people need a lot of help, don't you? Yeah, and you know, I cooked for years at my church, like for general dinners or potlucks or fundraisers. I've just cooked everywhere. I was a cook at my school for, a, you know, a period of several years. And oh. I've always loved cooking for the fairs and just Christmas especially. I go all out at Christmas Eve. Oh, yes. That was big in my family too. Mm-hmm. So, what's the, so what's the Christmas Eve menu? What's the what did he say? I'm what's sorry. The, what's the, what's the Christmas Eve menu? I mean, what, what's my, your favorite thing to serve on Christmas my, Eve? My, my mother used to cook. My favorite thing Eve. at Christmas. Yes. Christmas Eve. It's the favorite thing to make at Christmas. Mm, that would yeah. be hard, because everyone in my family will tell you one of them likes the chicken salad, one likes the sausage rolls. <laughs> One likes the jalapeno peppers, and each one of them has a favorite fudge. So what I do, I just make a variety. I make about six kinds of fudge, six kinds of cookies. I make all of the other things, cheese balls, homemade chicken salad, sausage balls. I do it all, and then everybody gets something that they like that way. Yeah, now, um, we're going to a big neighborhood party on Sunday, and it's going to be potluck. Now, I'm not a baker. I'm just not a baker. But it seemed mm-hmm. simpler for me to carry to this neighborhood thing um, cookies. So I said I'd make cookies. Which of your cookie recipes should I make? If you're going to make cookies, mm, I'd like the oatmeal. I'd like 50 favorite. people. Oatmeal. Yeah, they're okay. my favorite, oatmeal. Am I going to be able to do that? Is it complicated? And they're easy. They are. Oh, good. But like I said, the, most of my stuff in there is easy to make. And I, I like it. When I first started cooking, I, could, I would try to cook, watch TV shows and things, and they would have ingredients <laughs> somewhere that I'd never heard of. Couldn't find. I didn't have the fancy equipment they did. And I thought, well, I'm just going to have to learn to do it. My mom cooked on a cook stove. I don't know what that is. It, it was not an electric range. She cooked in an iron skillet on that stove, and she had some of the best food you ever eat. And so I just got back to the simple stuff, basically. Right. Now tell us about, you have um, things in here, such as pictures, like a, a graphics of your blue ribbon, and you have blue ribbon tips. And then you have another thing. Um, throughout this book, you'll see a blue ribbon symbol, they're different? And that means that I want a blue ribbon with it, the way they did that, yes. Okay. And you know, I don't know if you noticed in my book, like 
My chow chow was dedicated to one of my friends, best friends that I lost to cancer. Every year he would want a jar of that, and I put his picture in there, and I tried. I did a dedication to my bro- my late brother. He, the blackberry jam was his favorite. He used to tell me, smoker's jam don't have anything on you, sister. <laughs> oh, kid. That was his um, favorite. He would tell me that. Yeah, well, you have a lot of blue ribbons. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh. How do you keep these blue ribbons? Where, where do you keep them? I've got them in a big, like a tote. Just got them stacked up together. Because uh, there's no way, somebody said, somebody asked me, have you ever tried to put them up? I said, well, I'd have to have four walls probably, <laughs> and I don't have four walls right now. <laughs> and then I've been, I've been asked if I broke the Guinness World Book of Records. Some guy asked me the other day that I did an interview with, I said, well, you know, I really don't know. And he said he might check into it. He said he would almost bet that I have. But I told him I had no idea. Right. Well, that's, that, 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 that in and of itself is a very interesting thing. I, I don't know if you know this on Afterbow of absolutely nothing, but the people who established it were twins. Now, I'm not hearing him as good as I am you. Oh, well, uh, that's because that's I Maybe speak softly and carry time. a big stick. He's, uh, he's an English accent. He's from the U.K., no, That's well, I can do it, you know, but it's just, he's just not as coming in as good as you are for some reason. No, he doesn't talk very loud. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so who were twins, Robert? Talk, let him talk, huh? <laughs> yeah. Tell me who were, tell were, me, were, I don't know about twins. There were, there were two guys, and they were actually originally, I think, sports reporters on radio, but they came up with the concept of the Guinness Book of World Records, and they, and they ran it. And they're still going. I mean, the, the, the twins are gone now. They're, they're, they're with the Lord making whatever they're making up there. But in the, in the meantime, the Guinness Company keeps on going because it's, it's, such, it's, it's such a cool thing, I guess, when you think about it. Yeah, I mean, uh, do they have a category for, for state fair blue ribbons? Oh, I'm sure, I'm sure they would. I'm sure they would create one just in honor of our <laughs> guest. Yeah, what do you think, Linda? I think it'd be good if we could figure it out, yes. <laughs> I'm curious because I've had, believe it or not, I've had about six people in interviews ask me that, and I, I've told them that I have no way of knowing, you know. Well, I don't but know I have, anybody else who's won that many blue ribbons, <laughs> and I talk to a lot of people. Yeah. So you should look into it. And it's fun. Kathy, look into it for your mother. I've enjoyed doing it for years. I I really do enjoy it more than anything. All right. Um, Now, a lot of these recipes are go-to recipes, um, which means that that's exactly what people want in a cookbook these days. Mm -hmm. Ever since the... um, the uh, pandemic and people starting to cook at home. Um, this category of homey, home style, easy to execute and flavorful recipes and dishes have come to the top. So that's a real wave. I don't know that, um, I mean, the, the celebrity chefs, nobody could ever cook out of their books. This is a cookbook everybody could cook out of, right? I've had a lot of people tell me that, and a lot of people spot my book told me that they've actually been trying my recipes, picking out which ones they want to do first, and how much they like the ones that they did try. So I know people are actually using it because they're telling me they are. So that makes me well, so good. That, you know. I'm sure. But, but you're a multi-talented person. I mean, um, you also write poetry. You do crafts. Mm-hmm. I do. So, yeah, so people get extra benefit when they when they buy your cookbook because you you have your poetry interspersed with your recipes. Tell mm-hmm. us your about your love of poetry. 
I just started doing it a long time ago. Just I would be sitting and look at something and sit and write a poem about it, and nobody ever really paid any attention to it. But when I showed it to Anna, the girl from the cookbook place, she really liked them, and she wanted to include them in my book. She thought they were nice. Uh-huh. So, and and um, you you also um, have a, a lot of good spiritual um, insight in your book as well. That's part of your yes. whole persona, right? Oh, yes. So, because um, I'm dealing with leukemia right now. I have I've been on a chemo pill for 19 months, and I'm in first stage remission. So I oh, know I've read that I've had a hand in, hand in my life. Well, I've read that too. And, yeah, and I thought, what what a brave person you are, putting it all out there so everybody knows. Um, hey, you, it, you know, you can't get scary. too much prayer. I believe in that with all my heart and soul, and I, I appreciate all the people that have said a prayer, and I like to share that and maybe encourage somebody else that's going through this, you know. Yeah. Um, you can't really ask a person... Um, what their favorite recipes are, but uh, can you tell us like the recipes most people, more people ask you about in this book? I mean, uh, oh, uh, well. uh, what's now? I'm going to skip your. I'm going to skip your fried catfish because I never do anything about catfish until I moved to to uh, Indiana, and then I tried a, a restaurant where you could have all you could eat catfish for a small amount of money, and they made a lot of money off of me because I hated it. <laughs> you didn't eat much. Now, my, my husband would, they wouldn't make much off of him because he loves it. He would actually eat it. I, a lot of people ask me about my fudges and desserts, but then, like my Mexican cornbread and taco soup, I have got a lot of people tell me that's some of the best cornbread. I got best in show with it at the fair this year, and I always win a blue ribbon with it. When, which one is that? The Mexican cornbread that's in there. Oh, yeah. Tell us what it is. The, tell so us good. about that one. I'm trying to find it in the book. I don't have the page. Uh, you, yeah. know, you mentioned that was popular. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We Why do you cool. think it's... I don't know. It's just real moist, and it's just good enough you can eat it by itself. We go to a car show. We have a 69 Roadrunner. I love to go to car shows with my right, husband. Right. I, saw, I saw that in the book. <laughs> we go you, every you, year to the Brakes Brakes Park. You have a, must, and, you have a Mustang, right? Yeah. Well, we sold the Mustang. Got me a Roadrunner oh, back because I'm a I'm a Mopar girl. Oh, okay. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. but, well, you know, another thing that you're on on trend for is, I mean, you have. I'm looking at this section on Appalachian living, and mm-hmm. I, all of a sudden, I've started seeing more cookbooks and more writings about Appalachian living and Appalachian food. Uh, and it's, it's a real trend, too, isn't it? I think so, yeah. Huh. So um, I, I guess there's something that's sort of an indelible identity, isn't it? I mean, if you're from Appalachia, you're sort of set apart as somebody with a special style and culture, right? Yeah, I was born in a small coal mining town. My dad was a coal miner and had seven kids, him and my mom. And I was raised on stuff like that. My mom canned, she would can 200 cans of stuff easy every year. Everything, you didn't run to the store. You couldn't run to the store every day. And so she depended on stuff like that to cook our meals and make sure that we was fed. And I was raised on food like this, so it's it's good stuff. (laughs) Right. And you, you you aren't afraid in this book to share a lot of personal information. I'm looking at that section called Friends and Family. How do you mm-hmm. go about writing about such personal stuff? Well, I've kept a personal diary for 40 years, and I can go back and tell you what I did 40 years ago in that diary. Wow, that's, and you I've need a lot of discipline for that. I love doing that. And it just helps me, and writing just helps me. And doing crafts, I've made all of my kids and grandkids their own personal quilt for me that they can keep. 
and I just like doing stuff like that. I don't know. I'm I'm just like to be busy. Like day before yesterday, I made six pints of corn relish. It's in my cookbook, and I'm oh, going nice. to draw that in the fair coming up in September. Oh, that's great. Is is the word out in your neighborhood? Don't don't bother to enter. Because <laughs> the prize is already spoken for. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and and yeah. like the section. Yeah, are, are you feared by competitors? Yeah. And the section in there about my car club friends, uh, the cookbook people came down and filmed us with their old cars and had a picnic for us down by the lake, and it was so nice. And we go to car shows. We've made a lot of good friends, and I love playing spades. Have you ever played spades, the card game? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, sure. I love to win, and me and my best friend play <laughs> my <laughs> husband and her husband. <laughs> you, you, and I like to win. A, you should take up bridge. My, my, my sister took up bridge seriously well into her early 80s, and <laughs> you, would, you, would have, you would have a whole lot of fun with that. I yeah, probably she, would, yeah. She travels, and, and they have you know, the competitions and stuff. Uh, my husband's trying to teach me how to play poker right now. We, I love to watch those poker tournaments on TV. I'm not go. as good as he is, but I'm learning. Uh, yeah, my mother was a big poker fan, and we used to have poker parties all the time. Oh, my husband's great at it. He used to win money. Play. He played for money, but I'm not that good. I'm just learning, so. Yeah. So, no, it's, it's funny, but um, my mother... If you looked at her, she was really, um, I can't say prim, but she was, you know, she was always appropriately dressed and conservative, mm-hmm. but she was a gambler, <laughs> a terrible gambler. <laughs> I had to, go, like I had to take her to, yeah, I, I took her to Las Vegas this one year mm-hmm. when she was really sick. It was her last trip to, to Las Vegas. And boy, I couldn't, she was happy as anything. And it was so nice. I felt so good for doing that. But she was in her element. And she wouldn't, she wouldn't let up. I mean, if we were playing the slots, we had to play the max. She wouldn't do any cheapo stuff. (laughs) That reminded me. Kathy took me to Harrods Casino in North Carolina for my birthday year before last. All right. And I got so enthused in it and into it, I wouldn't even talk to her while we were there. (laughs) I had a good time, I'll tell you. On the the subject of awards, I had a special award that I gave to Anne's mother. It was called the Frequent Mother-in-Law Award. And she she won it two times a year. (laughs) Now, I like to... And I love to watch uh, game shows. I, I haven't missed a Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy since they've been on TV. I love game shows. Love to come, you know, play with them, watch them. Good. Well, I'm going to have to ask you this. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to have to ask you this. What do you think of this competitive eating stuff that goes on at the state fairs, and particularly the one on Fourth of July at Coney Island? What do I think about the state fairs? No, the uh, the eating contest, the extreme eaters. I read an article. Oh. They train like athletes. I think it's oh, disgusting. <laughs> I don't think I would. No, that right there is not my cup of tea because I would probably get sick on them. I, can't, I don't know how they eat all that food like that. Uh-huh. <laughs> if they can, no. that's great, but it's not for me. <laughs> yeah, well, some of them are a little, too. I mean, they've made a science of uh-huh. this. I'd, I think it's kind of disgusting, but oh well. All right, um, let's let's say um, again. It's Linda Skeens, is it Skeens? Uh-huh. It's Skeens, not Skeens, Skeens. And the book is Blue Ribbon Kitchen, and it's recipes and tips from America's favorite con- county fair champion, and she has won so many um, blue ribbons that. We're thinking she needs to go into the um, Guinness Book of Records for winning these. And good luck to you and with your book tour, Linda. You must be having a ball. And, oh, I um, am. I'm, 
I'm having a great time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm having a great time talking to you. And um, I'm well, going to have to make your cookies for, for Sunday. Well, I hope they right. turn out good. I believe they will. And you, I appreciate you guys having me and talking to me today, okay? Okay. Yeah, we, wish, we, we wish you well. Thank you so much, Linda. And thank Kathy, you. too. Kathy, thank you. All right, I'll tell Kathy. Thank you, honey. You have a great <laughs> day. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. Podcasting services for On The Menu Radio are provided by ASP Station, www.aspstation.net. Well, we're, we're talking to um, <laughs> Allison Elliott, uh, otherwise known as the Farmer Foodie. Um, you picked that, Allison? Yep, I did. <laughs> um, um, I need you to explain this, this the uh, company, the products. Um, that I might preface it by saying that, that we found that it's a great seasoning boost, um, and I even used it uh, on soft-boiled eggs, uh, to, and, and Peter used it in a lamb stew. Uh, so, but um, explain to me, like, how did you get to, to this point? I mean, what did you do before? What gave you the idea of, and, and describe this product? Of course. So I decided to create the farmerfoodie.com in 2020 when I was the education director at McEnroe Organic Farm, which is in Millerton, New York. And I started off with recipe creation, with a social media presence. I now have over 200 plant-forward recipes that I've published. And in between 2020 and now, I actually went to Brandeis University, and I got my MBA in social yeah, I got my MBA in social impact and my MA in sustainable international development. And while I was there, I didn't there, know there were such I, disciplines. Interesting. There should yeah, be, but I mean, really I didn't know there were. Okay. Yeah, the social impact MBA program is up and coming. Only a few programs in the U.S. are offering a social impact lens. And the I've reason never why heard I chose that. What yeah, kind the of things chose, do you do with that? With the social impact course, what do you address? What kinds of things? We talk about being ethical business leaders and how you know we can be sustainable business leaders. How we can assess businesses from a ESG perspective, environmental, social governance, also known as the triple bottom line: people, planet, profit, instead of just oh. from a profit lens. Aha! And um, that means. So you found yourself kind of in a job, but you found yourself a product. Is that what happened? Yes. So while I was in graduate school, I knew that I wanted to take my food blog, The Farmer Foodie, to the next level and have a legitimate product that consumers could purchase that was not only delicious and filling a need in the marketplace, but also had a positive social impact which is why I decided to launch a line of cashew parm products, which are, you know, Parmesan alternatives that you can put on pizza, pasta, popcorn. You can mix them into risotto, mix them into soup. And currently we have two flavors, golden cheddar and Italian herb. They're both shelf-stable, sustainable. They're made with fair trade organic cashews that are carbon negative when harvested and organic ingredients. So we're on track to becoming a carbon-neutral business within the next couple of years as soon as, wow. you know, we have the power under our belt to actually execute on something like that. Now, why did you pick cashews? It seems like an oddball thing to pick. Yes. So a lot of people who are in the plant-based cheese industry are using cashews to make alternatives, and it has a really delicious, creamy oh, texture. Okay. So, so, and so through some, some, somebody was already fiddling with it. Yes, there are a few large companies out there, but the gap is there's no shelf-stable Parmesan alternative. So all of the products that are being offered are in the refrigerator section, which inherently gives those products a higher environmental footprint because 
of the refrigerants, which are released into the atmosphere through refrigeration. And then also, you know, it requires cold chain shipping versus just an ambient temperature for shipping. And through some research in graduate school, I found a really amazing cashew supplier. They're the second largest processing facility in Benin, Africa. And the founder actually is it? In Benin, Benin, Africa. Oh, my. Which, which for, our yeah. and for our purposes, is where? I mean, we, we, know it's in, we know it's in Africa, but is it next to the people who are make, making honey, or, or is it somewhere else? It's, it's, in, um, it's right next to Nigeria. Oh, okay. All it right. is. And, and from my perspective, they, they have an absolutely fabulous uh, fine arts tradition. Uh, the sculpture is out of this world, right? That's lovely. I haven't actually been there yet, but I'm hoping to go at some point and document, you know, the production of the cashews, speak with some of the farmers. They actually have a network of 7,000 local farmers that they've helped get their organic certification. Wow. I mean, they have such a tradition um, of of food production in in different sections of Africa. It's just amazing. We've interviewed um, honey um, you know, beekeepers and honey producers, and um, uh, what's that grain? Um, that, what's the name of that grain? It's so uh, uh, nutritious. Um, Fonzo, Fonio. I mean, it, but it, it's all based on long traditions. But you're coming in and you're using a traditional uh, growing um, a process and farming tradition, but you're making something totally different. How was it that you explained to them what you were going to do with with these cashews? Yeah, so, I mean, when I initially had a conversation with them, of course it was more so just around supply, quantity, pricing, how we could process the cashews for our products. I actually explored a potential co-manufacturing partnership with them and decided that the logistics weren't going to work out for the company, but we did just partner with a new co-manufacturer, and they're offering us really great pricing, so we're able to start entering retail and partnering with more e-tailers and marketplaces online. And we are also now offering free shipping nationwide on our own website, thefarmerfoodie.com. So in other words, if people want to try these products, which, listeners, is is a uh, growing line. I mean, it's not just these. It's not going to just be these two uh, products. Um, it's you're onto something, I think, Allison. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you have ton of room for growth in this. Thank you. Yeah, we are an early mover in the industry, and we're actually trademarking the cashew parm category. I am a recipe developer, so all of the recipes that we sell as our different product flavors were created by me. And I have three new flavors that I've been playing around with in my head that I want to launch via our website as soon as we can. Right now we're really focusing on growing the business, getting these two product flavors to consumers across the U.S., and partnering with you know retailers and other marketplaces to help increase sales and support the growth of the business. Now, I mean, are you personally vegan? I am 80% vegan, 20% vegetarian. And what I mean by that is I eat vegan at home and I only purchase vegan options at home. But when I go out to dinner with friends, you know, if there's Uh cheese on something, I don't usually say no. (laughs) Uh Okay. Um, So, but, but you were... What was the driving force here that pointed you to, uh, first of all, tackling the king of cheeses was, was a daunting, bold choice. I mean, I, I don't know that there's anything that can match up to a, a real Parmesan cheese. Yeah. I mean, so that I've was actually... a bold decision. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. I've been a vegetarian for the last 10 years. So my 
sophomore year of undergrad, I decided I wanted to be a vegetarian, and I just started, you know, cooking for myself a lot more often, exploring the culinary world. And it was actually during COVID that I was making a bunch of different plant-based cheese recipes at home, one of which was a mac and cheese sauce, of course, my Parmesan, a queso, and a ricotta. And it really satisfied my craving for cheese. And during that time when I was at home in grad school and cooking all of my own meals, I was able to stay 100% vegan and I never missed cheese. So it was, you know, a combination of that as well as analyzing the marketplace that led me to launch this product line. And consumers really, they want something that's a little bit more flavorful. They want something that's convenient, easy to use, ready to use. So this product, our cashew parm flavors, can be you know, sprinkled on roasted vegetables to heighten the flavor, can be sprinkled in soup, all kinds of things. And it really it makes, the, it makes the recipes that consumers are making taste a lot better, whether they be you know, meat-based or dairy-based. It goes great on anything. Right. Um, yeah, well, uh, I mean, it, it, I can attest to the fact that um, – even just the cookbooks that publishers send us, that there's a huge increase in vegan cookbooks now. So mm-hmm. um, vegetarian and vegan. I mean, people are going on that. Um, the, the the cheese thing. One of the things, if you talk to people um, who are trying to or have become vegan. The one thing that's the hardest for them to ditch is cheese. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I mean, I, I know that that there are lots of cheese substitutes, but people have a hard time p- parting ways with cheese. So I completely that, agree with you. Yeah, I mean, really serious uh, vegetarians have trouble with it too. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Yeah, I mean, I completely yeah. agree. Yeah. So our products are perfect. They're so satisfying for any craving. They actually can be changed. So we have a bunch of recipe extensions that are super delicious. You could add water to our cashew parm products, whether it be golden cheddar or Italian herb, and turn it into, for golden cheddar, a mac and cheese sauce, a queso dip, or a spread. And then for Italian herb, you could add water and blend it into an Alfredo, a ricotta cheese, or a dip, and it takes less than two minutes. It's super delicious. You know, the product is shelf-stable, so it's always in your pantry, ready for some sort of event or gathering. And the recipes are extremely simple, straightforward, and they go really great on any, any kind of dish. Now, I mean, you're dedicated to, of course, now, cashews are like not wholly understood by people. They're a powerhouse of health. I mean, the cashews are. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know why that they've never achieved the popularity of some of the other nuts. That, what, what happens with this whole group of people who now have emerged who are allergic to tree nuts? Well, unfortunately, we don't have a nut-free version available, although I do have some recipes and ideas to launch something of that nature when the time is right. But our Mm -hmm. cashews are processed in a facility that only processes cashews. So if consumers are allergic to other types of nuts, they don't have to worry about eating and purchasing our products as long as they're not allergic to cashews. And actually, cashew trees are really great because they create shade coverage, they're drought resistant, and cashews grow out of an apple. So the farmers actually receive a dual bounty when harvesting cashews, and they can eat these apples. Wait, tell me about that. I'm not sure I understand that. They grow out of an apple? Yeah, so the cashew grows inside of a shell, and the shell comes from an apple, and that apple is consumable. Really? Mm-hmm. I mean, what kind of apple is this? I can't picture this. You mean like if you have an apple it. and it has seeds, that in this particular variety, the seeds are encasing a nut? Something like that. I can't speak to the seeds per se, but I would assume the cashew has something to do with the seed configuration. But 
it grows out of the bottom of the apple. So the apple has a stalk. It's connected what? to the tree. Yeah. <laughs> it sounds like you're making this up, Allison. <laughs> no, nope, it's on our packaging, actually. We have so do you have pictures elements. of this on your website? Not on I, the website, but... No, because I don't remember was, seeing any pictures of this. I'd like to know what this thing looks like. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great point. I think maybe now I have to take a trip to Africa and get some great photos for our website. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, mean, I don't think anybody knows that cashews grow out of the bottom of an apple. Hold on a second. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a little confused. Where where does the cheese fit into the to the game? <laughs> I mean, do you do you, do you buy do you buy in cheese? That's like you no, know, they, they they they're supposed to be a replacement product for uh, cheese because cheese is not vegan. Uh, I see. Okay. Exactly. So the cashews are our number one ingredient. So our products, yeah. the base is cashews. And then golden cheddar has nutritional yeast, onion, garlic, salt, pepper, and turmeric, which really gives it that golden color. And then our Italian herb is made with nutritional yeast, cashews, onion, garlic, salt, pepper, basil, red pepper flakes, and oregano. And that's where it really gets its Italian flair. Now, tell me why you, you, these are not high in calorie. Yeah, they're not high in calories just based off of the way our recipe is formulated. And actually across the board, our products are lower in calories, sodium, lower in carbs. You say that, but fat. I can't figure out how with the, with the uh, what you're using in ingredients, how it could be that low in calories. But I guess you say it is, right? Yeah, it is. We just had our nutritional panels done again, and the new packaging is reflective of the current nutritional facts information, and it's really just the recipe, which, of course, is, you know, a trade secret. <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> so, so how do you go about envisioning? I've always been, like, curious about recipe, de recipe developers, you know, the mm -hmm. ones that start from nothing. Um, I, I, who was it we interviewed? He and his partner came up with the, of the seasonings that go with everything. Do you remember, Rabbit, where? I don't remember. I, I know who you mean, but I don't remember the name. Yeah, but they both had similar tastes. It wasn't just that they were, were partners or had worked together for a long time. Can, um, I, go, can I go back to my thinking of before? Sure. I, I, there was a question I didn't ask. I mean, what, what's, what's in this product is it's real cheese. No. no. So no. our products are vegan, versatile, dairy-free, gluten-free. They're shelf-stable, and they're made from cashews, spices, nutritional yeast. So it's an alternative to cheese that has a really yeah, okay. delicious umami cheesy flavor. Yeah. That's, that's the hard part, getting the cheese flavor. <laughs> the, the, reason, the reason I asked is we, we've, been, we've been consuming some exceptional cheese in a wide variety of formats from a company called Sweetgrass Dairy, which is in southern Georgia of all places. And I thought if you were looking for, 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 for real cheese, I'll bet, I'll bet they would. Yeah, but she cheese. wants to avoid so real cheese. That's the whole point. That's why right. she wants to use, make something well, that, that satisfies I, the way hey, cheese does. I said I was messed up. Right, okay. I, I admitted I was messed up. I, I just wanted to eliminate the confusion. Okay, right. Um, now, did, how did I discover this? You participated in the um, Fancy Food Show? Yes. So we were exhibitors at the Fancy Food Show. This was actually our second time at the Fancy Food Show. We exhibited last year, a few days after we launched our first product which was previously branded as Everything Cheese, but now it's known as our Golden Cheddar flavor of Cashew Parm. Oh, and the, oh, fancy, okay. the fancy Food Show was truly amazing this year. We were so prepared. We had help. We had a lot of great branding. We released our press release and actually launched the rebrand on the 25th. 
So Italian herb is a completely new flavor, and we're anticipating our production to, or it has already been produced, but we're anticipating receiving the inventory at the end of this week, and we're going to start fulfilling those online orders we've been receiving. And I'm so excited to see, you know, what consumers think about this new product. Yeah, I mean, that show is amazing, isn't it? <laughs> and, you know, I don't know how anybody gets through it anymore. I mean, we've covered it for a number of years, and it just keeps practically doubling in size every year. I don't know what's going to happen next. What, what happens? <laughs> our legs gave out. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, um, but, like, tell me this process again. So you were thinking, you're a recipe developer, you're thinking along lines of wouldn't it be fun to have such and such, and I really would like to eat such and such, and that's how, I mean, I did something like this with, I was in a phase of liking green peppercorns, and um, I, I, Actually, we always had green peppercorns at this phase, and I said to Peter, green peppercorns go well with everything except chocolate cake. And then I thought, hey, you know, <laughs> that might be a possibility, <laughs> except I couldn't, I'm not a baker, and I never could find anybody who was willing to make a chocolate cake with green peppercorns in it, <laughs> but I don't think it would be bad, do you? I actually have never had green peppercorns, but maybe I have to add that to my grocery list. Yeah, do try that if you can get them. It's good. So, but do you think of a flavor first or an ingredient first, or how do you do this? Yeah, so all of my products, at least Golden Cheddar, has come out of four individual recipes I initially created, and that was a queso dip, a ricotta cheese, a parmesan, and a mac and cheese sauce all of which I actually recipe tested on a group of friends that were in graduate school with me multiple times. I had them fill out surveys. I had them try a whole bunch of different flavors. And that's how I refined my recipe and almost created an average of all of these four individual recipes to make one delicious umami Parmesan flavor, which is golden cheddar. And I had actually thought about launching a boxed mac and cheese that was soy-free, gluten-free, and dairy-free. And I got wow. into a program in Brandeis called, it's called Spark, Spark Tank. I got some grant funding. It was for the mac and cheese idea. And that was in February of 2022. And then by the time March 10th rolled around, I had decided to pivot to a shelf-stable cashew parm product, which resembled the same flavor. Um, and the reason why I did that was really because there are a lot of competitors in the industry right now launching, you know, new delicious boxed mac and cheese products, some of which are vegan, some of which aren't vegan. And a lot of these companies have a lot of funding and experience. So right. I, we're, we're actually I in the midst of that. Uh, we, we got a new product developed with a collaboration between Cabot Creamery, which is fabulous cheese, and Guinness the company, the beer company, Guinness. And they have uh, yeah, they have a whole new line of um of um, mac and cheese. So if you're looking for vegan <laughs> beer <laughs> we can, So since we, I'm we not can, We can put you in touch with the right guy. Yeah, definitely. That sounds great. I really foresee that our products could be used as a parm topping in any box mac and cheese. So we're always open to co-branding, collaboration. It truly does heighten the flavor. And even when I eat box mac and cheese, whether it be dairy-based or vegan, I always add my parm to it, and it's super delicious. Great. Well, I mean, I, I see a, a very exciting journey for you, and uh, I wish you continued success and expansion. And as for now, if anybody wants to buy your product, they go on your, online, right? Yep, on thefarmerfoodie.com, and we offer free shipping nationwide. Okay, now spell. how do you spell the uh, farmers in your uh, URL? Yes, it's T-H-E-F-A-R-M-E-R-F-O-O-D-I-E.com. Uh, there's plural, 
farmers, mm-hmm. plural. Just no, not plural. The farmer not foodie. Plural. Okay, the farmer foodie. Got it. Dot com. Okay, listeners. So you know you're you're opening yourself to a whole new experience here, and it's particularly good if you're vegan or if you want to just cut down on um on non-vegan. Uh, products, which is a lot of people are doing, part-time vegans, actually. Um, a lot of people are doing that. Um, well, I, Allison, um, you've opened a whole new world of possibilities in, in this category, and I thank you. And I, as I said, I just wish you continued expansion and success. And you sound like you're bursting with ideas, and I hope you get to, to implement most of them, or if not all of them. Um, thank you for taking time to talk to us as well. Of course. Thank you so much for having me on. And also another quick plug is if consumers are looking to cut back on their cholesterol, our products have zero cholesterol and they're high oh, in protein. Oh, that's good. See, that's so they're really perfect great. for any dish. Yeah, I mean, the health profile of your product is rather amazing, really. Thank you. So, okay. As I said, um, thank you again and introducing us to a whole new world of possibilities. Thanks, Farmer Foodie. Thank you so much. (laughs) Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye.